Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli, and we have been blessed. We're back with Jan Marini for the third time now, and she has come on twice and given us such informative episodes, and today we're going to dive into how to optimize your consultation process with clients. Welcome to the show, Jan Marini. Thank you, Tessa. It's it's really nice to be back. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, of course. You're always invited. We've had such great feedback on your two episodes so far. So thanks so much for all you share. Well, you're very kind. I really appreciate hearing that. Thank you. Absolutely. So we have a good topic for us today. Jan, I know you have a pretty specific and very effective consultation process. Could you talk to us about that and why it was developed? Yeah, I have to tell you, so much of the success I've had over the years is based on this. And and I'm going to, if you bear with me, I'm going to take you back a lot of years to the 80s and kind of give you an understanding of how this was developed. Now, a lot of people don't know this is my fourth business. So back in the 80s, at this time that I'm taking you back to, um, I actually had a non-skincare business. I actually had a business that provided training services to high-tech companies, and I had the largest privately owned business of that type in the Silicon Valley. But skincare was always my passion, and I was doing a lot of research and development. I was doing a lot of consulting. And I was also doing a lot of radio and television, but I didn't think of it as a business because it was sort of a calling. And I hadn't thought about how I would monetize it because it was something that I thought, you know, was altruistic. I'm helping people. Um, This is not about, you know, making revenue. And so at the time I was doing this, I started doing this one radio program that was a very well-known talk show program, call-in program. And they had me on for a half hour, and it was so popular, they brought me back for an hour. And it was so popular, they brought me back for two hours every two weeks. Well, people started to contact me. They wanted me to actually sit down with them and do a consultation. And that's not what I did. And it wasn't something that was really, I mean, I didn't have the time for it, but also, Am I going to charge them, what, $100, $200, whatever, for a consultation? It was not something that I I thought would be really um, appropriate to monetize at that point. And I had another business. But there were a couple of individuals that had some really unique concerns. And there was one person that was on kidney dialysis, and they had a heparin port, and it was causing them to break out the heparin. And there was somebody else who was on an experimental cancer drug, and they were having skin problems. And I thought, you know, I want to sit down with them. And I want to take them through a process and then make recommendations. And it would be a great research project to see how they did on these recommendations. And I thought, I need to establish a process to gain information because I want to make the participant really comfortable. And I want to overcome their defenses. And I want to encourage productive dialogue toward finding a solutions. And I want to establish my credibility. And I want to create a platform for education and I want to create excitement. I want them to be excited about the process. I want to create a sense of urgency because I want them to go away and I want them to actually do what I tell them to do. And I want to initiate a bond that fosters credibility, loyalty, and dependency. Now, I found this process so rewarding that I actually established a business. And I started to sell off my training organization and I didn't want to represent a product line. I still wanted to be very objective. So what I did is I brought in mixing bases. Now, you know, when I mix a bench sample or when the lab mixes a bench sample, when I come up with a formula, um, what they're doing is they're mixing it by hand in a very small amount. When it's not that easy, it's like following, I mean, it's not that hard. It's like following a recipe. When you get into really large batches is when it gets very complex. So what I would do is I would mix product for people individually. And I typically saw two people in the AM, two people in the PM. And we can get more into this later. I will get more into this later. But that first year, by the end of the first year, 
I was going at the rate of $2 million a year after cost, excuse me, $1 million a year after cost of product. And the second year I was forecasted for $2 million. Not only that, the process that I came up with was, was so unique in terms of engaging people that I was booked three months in advance. And people would cheat because they'd bring in their aunt or their cousin with them or their best friend. So I'd be seeing more than one person at one time. But I have to tell you, today more than ever, you have got to establish non-labor intensive income. Now, we've all seen what can happen with COVID because, you know, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't do services, right? But think about it. You could break your arm. You could have an illness. Anything can happen that can upset something where you have to be very, very hands-on and where you have to perform a service. And this is something that it certainly doesn't prevent you from performing services, but it can be this unbelievably lucrative, non-labor-intensive revenue generator. And you can, you can do this with any, today, now I didn't have the luxury. I didn't have Zoom back then. I didn't even have the internet back then. I would do a lot of this by telephone. But today we have Zoom. We have all of these video conferencing aids. And we can actually, doesn't matter where somebody is in the U.S., and they can move away. But the thing is, they stay connected to you in terms of having this, this very strong, very intimate connection. Well, Jan, I don't know if, if you know much about my business, but when COVID hit, I, I left the spa I was working at and I started my own virtual consulting practice. So my business is entirely online and um, relies on consults and doing virtual treatments. But I had the same feeling. I really didn't like the fear of the unknown and wondering if I was going to be able to go back to the spa and what was going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And that just got me thinking, what if I got sick? What if I got hurt? am I going to be completely dependent on, on physically being able to provide a service? And I didn't like that fear. So, so what you have to say today is going to be um, very valuable and, and helpful to me too. Well, you know, thank you. And that's, you make such a good point because what we did during COVID is we really worked to monetize um, our resellers because they couldn't, literally, they couldn't even stand out in front of their business and have people drive by and get product, not in California. And so what we did is we actually took um, and did events online directly to their end users, and then we fulfilled the product for them. But think how much continuity there would have been in someone's business, or in your business for that matter, if you already have this in place and you have this revenue, this stream of revenue that actually would increase over COVID because when people can't come in for services, they tend to buy more product. So let's talk about let's talk about having a good consultation. Are there things you would advise emphasizing in your consultations and maybe some things you would say to stay away from? Absolutely. And you know, I can kind of go through the process more later, but uh, a lot of times I will work with practices, medispas, you know, aesthetic groups, and occasionally I do what we call, I call a chat session. And so one of the questions I'll ask the group is I'll say, so tell me, how do you start the conversation about product? So you want to interest somebody in product. How do you begin that conversation? What are the words you use? And I'll tell you what I hear about 95% of the time. So there's three different things. One is they'll ask, what don't you like about your products? Well, what if somebody says, I don't know, my products are just fine. I like them fine. Mm -hmm. Well, now do you start to get confrontational? You create conflict? Well, usually people just back away from that. The other one is, what would you like to change about your products? Hmm? I don't know. Nothing. I think they're fine. Um, the third one is, how are your products working for you? No, I think they're working fine. You know, my aunt sells Mary Kay. 
or I go to Target, they have a cosmeceutical section and the products there are really good and I think they're cheaper and I'm just fine. So the most difficult aspect of the consultation is starting the conversation. And if you, it, what happens if you don't start it in an appropriate way, they're going to shut you down. You're going to feel shut down and less likely to want to pursue that conversation. If you start out by trying to sell a product, and every one of those questions is about product, right? It's about product. If you start out trying to sell a product, it triggers resistance immediately. And the consultation process shouldn't be about selling product. It should be focused on providing solutions. What the consultation process is, is a vehicle to deliver solutions and solutions deliver product. It's the solutions that deliver product. And again, we can get more into that, but you've got to overcome the defenses. You've got to make somebody feel really comfortable and you have to encourage this dialogue because the more you get them to connect and to talk, and the more that you work toward a solution, the more productive it's going to be. You want to establish credibility. And it's when we get into this more, the more questions you ask somebody, there is an assumption that you wouldn't ask the question if you didn't have a solution. So it gives you even more credibility. And it creates a platform for education, again, excitement, a sense of urgency. And it's about that bond. You want to create a bond which makes them dependent on you. And the other thing that's really important is you establish follow-up. And I find that a lot of people really don't follow up or they just expect to see the person the next time they come in for a service. So when you're doing a consultation, it's so important that you establish that you're going to check back with them. Do you know the average time that a person takes to determine whether or not they like something, it's four days. So in four days, if something is stinging them, and maybe it's supposed to sting, if they feel like they're not comfortable with the product or they have too many questions, they stick it on the shelf. And the average woman has over $600 in product in her bathroom she doesn't use, and that's actually a low number. Um, you, you also want to talk to people about at that point about saying, and I'm going to modify your program. I'm going to be working with you. I'm going to check back with you in four days. We may modify your program. We're going to modify your program as time goes on because the seasons change, your lifestyle changes, your skin changes, and we're going to accelerate your program. Because if you tell me a month from now that your skin is the best it's ever been, I can get it a whole lot better. And I say that because I can. And it's, it's about staying connected and it's about having that dependency. And there are strategic and financial benefits that are astounding because you create strong loyalty and revenue generation. One thing I want to mention, there's a backlash today, and I'm sure that you have seen this, Tessa. You know, we went through a period of time a number of years ago when Amazon got big and we all started thinking, wow, this is so convenient. We can just order anything we want on the internet and it's quick and it's easy. And then as time went on, and particularly with COVID when we were isolated, we are craving having that one-to-one -one interaction. And when you go online and look at skincare products, nobody ever tells you they have the second best product. They've got the latest, greatest, the most wonderful. You can spend huge amounts of money and you have no idea whether or not it's really going to provide a solution. So this is something where you have this opportunity to create this revenue generation, the, the loyalty, and establishing a continuing stream of non-labor-intensive revenue. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's the opportunity to a, a capture non-labor-intensive revenue. And again, I, I'm going to get, I'll probably get more into that later. But the one thing I want to also emphasize is that the success and the continuity is contingent on what you do consistently on a daily basis. It's day in and day out. Okay. So you said a lot of really great things here, Jan. And something I want to circle back to is what you said about not bringing up product immediately. And I bet that's probably shocking to 
a lot of estheticians, but it's what you said is the same answer to the question, how do I avoid being salesy? It's providing those solutions rather than thinking, I need to sell them this face wash. I need to reach a certain number of goals. I just want to sell them something. So could you talk to us about a better way to start this conversation? So I'll tell you how I start every single time. And this is what I always teach people and what our company espouses as well. Now, I could be talking with a famous physician. You know, I graduated first in my class from Harvard. I could be talking with a world-famous celebrity, mm-hmm. which I frequently do. And I ask them the same question. I don't care how sophisticated they are or how educated they are. And it starts off with, if there was something you could change or improve about your skin, what would it be? And I ask it exactly like that. I don't paraphrase it. Mm-hmm. If there was something you could change or improve about your skin, what would it be? And I got to tell you, in over 40 years, I've never had anybody say, well, you know, Jan, I have absolutely flawlessly perfect skin. <laughs> I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror and I say, you must have been walking the red carpet all night. Your skin just looks perfect. <laughs> Nobody ever does that. So here's how it goes. First, they give me their number one concern. So they'll say, you know, like maybe it's acne because acne is a big deal today, right? Yes. And then I'll say, well, what else would you like to change or improve? And they might say something like, well, you know, I have large pores. I have discoloration. What else? I have some fine lines. Um, So typically I'm going to get three to four concerns. That's the runway. And I always say, this is me, myself. I don't want another product. I want a solution. So we're going to focus on solutions. And the first part of the consultation process is questioning. The more questions you ask, again, the more credibility you have and the more engaged they become. So it's all about them. Their concerns are acne, large pores, discoloration and fine lines, you know, common things. If I wanted to, I could also say, so if there was something you could change or improve about your body skin, you know, I can, I can lengthen it out as much as I want. Now, I want to stress, I can do a consultation in less than five minutes, because I get stopped lots of times. I'll be in a store, I'll be at the mall, and I can do one quickly, but I follow the exact same process. Or if it's educational, and if I'm working with somebody and that's what they're there for, and you know this yourself, you, I can lengthen it out. It could be a half hour, it can be an hour. So I, what I want to do is I go back and I clarify the concern. So I ask them, I say, so where do you break out? Because it's not... Even if I can see them in person, you know, as well as I do, maybe they're not, they're having a good skin day that day and they're not as broken out as normal. So where do you break out? And tell me, what type of lesions do you have? Do you get papules or pustules, little red bumps that turn into, you know, turn into pustules? Do you get nodules? Do you get mini cysts? Um, What have you, what do you do that you think makes your acne worse and makes it better? Did you have acne as a teenager? Did you ever see a doctor, dermatologist? Did they ever put you on medication? How did you respond to that medication? You know, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of questions like that you can ask. Where do you think you have large pores? Point it out to me. Where do you think you have discoloration? And it, at that point, you want to differentiate between discoloration from acne, which is post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, and brown discoloration. And they could have both of those. Where do you think you have fine lines? Because a lot of times, you know where people point to? They point to the corners of their eyes or their forehead. <laughs> and, we, and that's a whole different type of lines and wrinkles. What type of skin do you think you have? Do you think it's more normal, combination, excessively oily, oily, dry? Now, let's say somebody says normal. I'll say, well, where do you think you're oily? They might say, oh, my forehead and my chin. Well, do you get really shiny? Do you have to blot it a lot during the day? No, you know, it just gets a little oily at the end of the day. Well, that's actually pretty normal skin. What if they say their skin is oily? I'll say, are you excessively oily? Are you oily everywhere excessively? Because otherwise they're combo. They might say, well, I'm really dry. I'll say, are you dry everywhere? And I'll tell you something. Most individuals 
know what type of skin they have. They just don't know what to do for it. I'll ask them if they were a sunbather. Are they a smoker? Were they a smoker? And then this is a really important question for an interesting reason. So I'll ask them about what products they're currently using. I'll say, so let's talk about the products you're using. What do you do in the AM? And I'll take them through it because, you know, when you ask somebody what product you're using, you get it in a weird order. <laughs> right. You so I'll say, specify. you have to be really, exactly. So I'll say, so what do you wash within the morning? And you know how many times I get an answer? Like, um, I just splash water on my face. Yeah. I've had that answer from derms. And it's, it's really interesting when you get into it as to, to what the reasoning is. And I'll say, okay, well, so they might say, so, so I use such and such a cleanser. Now, then I'll say to them, is it a gel? Because you don't, you may not know every single brand that's out there. Is it a gel? Is it a lotion? Is it a cream? Because a gel is typically all skin types. Lotion is normal, dry, and a cream is going to be dry skin. And then I'll say, um, is it, you know, it's, does it say it's for a specific skin type? What do you do after that? What do you do after that? You put a sunscreen on. And how many times do you hear the answer? It's in my makeup. So <laughs> oh, yeah. then I so then I joke with them and I'll say, oh, great. I'm so glad to hear that. But let's just double check. You put a nice thick coat over your entire face, on your ears, your neck, and your chest. And, of course, they laugh. And I'll say, enough said. Okay. And then I'll say, so what do you do in the PM? What do you wash with? The same product? What do you do after that? What do you do after that? Do you ever use, you know, masks or scrubs or anything like that? Now, why do I ask this question? It's not because I want to criticize them for what they're using. Number one, it tells me how much time they spend on their skin. Because if somebody says to me, when I ask them what they use, they say, soap. What kind of soap? Whatever's sitting on the sink. What else do you use? That's it. You have to be cognizant that just because they need a number of products, it they may not psychologically be at, at the point where they're going to spend the time. So you have to take that into consideration. It also tells me how much money they spend on their products. And whether or not they're a product aficionado, I've had people back in the old days, I'd had people take their little kid's wheelbarrow or their wagon and bring the products to me in a wagon because I use so many things. And that's somebody who's not comfortable unless they're on a full program and they feel it for them. It's a ritual. It's important. So now that I understand the pro what the, the products and what they use, and I can also question them. Like I might say something like, well, so tell me, why do you just splash water on your face in the morning? Well, my skin is just so sensitive and so whatever. And then I'll say, well, tell me, I always answer a question with a question. So tell me what, what you mean by sensitive. What happens when you use something other than water? Oh, I break out. Well, that's not sensitive skin. That's acne. So now I'm going to get back to their concerns. So, so now I'm going to kind of go through an educational process. So I've asked them all these questions, and they're anticipating, wow, I must have something great up my sleeve. So I talk about the acne. And I might get a little bit into, I'll say, let's, let's talk a little bit about your acne. And you may already know this, but I want to get into the acne process. And I tell them how I'm going to paint a picture in their mind. And I talk about how, you know, the cells shed inside the follicle and how it traps, you know, oil and pea-acne bacteria and how the acne process starts and how it excretes a fatty acid byproduct. And then it wears down follicle walls and they rupture and you get a little papule or a pustule or an, a, a nodule and mini cysts. And I go through that whole thing. And I can tell you, in that process, the light goes on because nobody, for the most part, has ever told them. And I explain how that the lesion that they get on the surface is the end of the process. Acne starts in the follicle. You have to prevent it. Once it's at the end, that's the end of the process. And that there's no cure, but we can get complete, total clearing and we can manage it. Now, they're starting to get pretty excited. I talk about large pores. Why do we have large pores? Well, first of all, there's retentive matter in the follicle. That's one thing. We get rid of that retentive matter. The follicle relaxes, but also it has to do with the fact that, you know, there's collagen around our follicles at the bottom of the follicle, and that collagen acts like spanks. And as you age, your spank starts to get 
kind of flabby and so it gets flabby. And so one of that's part of the aging process. And I talk about discoloration and I get into that and I talk about fine lines, and the difference between dynamic muscle movement, which is things like your forehead lines and the sides of your eyes and fine lines. And I talk about skin rejuvenation in general and how really this is, in my opinion, every single one of these things is skin rejuvenation because, and resurfacing, because what I want to do is it's not just lines and wrinkles. It's about taking the skin to a point where it looks perfected. I like to say expensive looking skin because it glows. It has a radiance. You don't see acne. You don't see large pores. You don't see discoloration. And so now that I've educated in that way, they get more and more excited. They're, the anticipation is increasing. And I haven't said one word about product. So the next thing is, then I switch into today, I'm going to put you on a program. And so in this case, every single person, every single person that our company works with, that our resellers work with, that I work with, they should go on skincare management. That's the number one thing. That's the basis for everyone. And it's whether you have rosacea, whether you have acne, whether you're concerned about appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and all of that, it's skincare management. And then it's what goes along with that, that is going to specifically further address some of their concerns. So in this case, it might be something like where I'm going to put them on skincare management. I can explain it a little bit if I need to, but I'm also going to, since their main concern is acne, I'm going to put them on duality. And duality is a product that not only de-ages the skin, but it can give complete total clearing for acne. So it de-ages the appearance of skin, but it can give complete total clearing, doesn't dry the skin out. I could put somebody on duality that doesn't have acne and transform their skin. And I explained to them again, there's no cure for acne, but we can manage it. We can have complete total clearing. And, and then um, I, 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 and I might mention to them that this is also going to have an effect on their discoloration because part of what we do for discoloration is going to happen at this phase in their program, and they're going to see some definite improvement, but that there are things that we can do to accelerate that as we move forward. And I'm, I, you know, I can talk about things that we might add into their program, like a, some the corrective pads are, you know, our multi-acid um, corrective pads and some things like that. And then what I'm going to do is, is that I tell them that, what I'm doing today is this is sort of our starting point that I'm going to continue to work with them. I'm going to check back with them in four days and I'll check back with them again in a couple of weeks. I talk to them how I'm going to modify their program, how it's going to probably will increase things over time because we're going to address every one of their concerns. And Again, I tell them, if, you're, if you tell me your skin is the best it's ever been a month from now, I can get it a whole lot better. Because they never know the end of the story. They just know, stick with Jan, stick with Jan Marini Skin Research, and my skin's just going to get better and better and better. And so... We, we want them, we, you know, a lot of times people will even say in the middle of a concert, well, what about an eye gel? What about an eye cream? What about this? What about that? So oftentimes they will actually expand on some of the things that they're taking home at that point. And when we work with our resellers, there's also bundles, there's promos, there's giveaways, there's value, offered, off value um, incentives that every single month so that people are also incented that they're not going to get on the internet and they're certainly not going to get this type of dialogue. Um, and I'll tell you one other thing. Um, it's, it's again, I can't stress enough that it is that personal connection. I like to use the example. I don't know if this is the case for you, but if you have a hairdresser that you really are connected to? Well, quite a few years ago, I came home one night and I was really upset, teary-eyed. 
my husband said, what is the matter? And I said, well, I think we're going to have to move to Colorado and we're going to have to move the business. And I said, said, Colorado, why Colorado? What are you talking about? And I said, well, my hair person, Lorraine, she's going to move to Colorado. Now, that's how loyal I felt to her because I felt like how she she was able to interpret. She was able to provide me mm-hmm. with an image that I felt good about. And I had such confidence in her. That's what you want to create. Wow. That's, that's what we should all aim for, that kind of loyalty. Um, Jan, could you talk to us a little bit about what you said when you said, you want them coming back for more. Is there a certain amount of products that you feel is appropriate? And how do you decide in your first stages what they really need? Because it sounds like you're saying you don't want to give them everything up front. You want them coming back and you'd rather give them a few key things and have them thinking, what else do I need? Then you just overload them with a whole new routine at once. Yeah, and it really depends on their concerns. It depends on the person. But um, so typically, I want to at least focus on their number one concern. And I always, I always say to pe- people who are, who, are, who are listening, I say, think about how you'd feel about your skin. If you could address every single one of your concerns and you look in the mirror and you just like, wow, my, I, you know, foundation optional. My skin just looks mm. glowing and looks clear. That's what you want, where you want to get them. And you want them to have that goal in mind that it's going to get progressively better over time. So I want to at least address one of their primary concerns. And acne is something where we can really, it's surprising how quickly we can clear up acne. So that gives them even more engaged and that that makes them even has greater dependency and loyalty because I have been able to address something that sometimes people have struggled with virtually their entire life. And the idea is that, again, this is a runway. So we want to address all of these issues and you can have as many, the, the, the basic skincare management system is a starting point but you can have as many accelerators as necessary to get people to a certain point. And it just depends again on what their concerns are. I don't believe in giving people product just to give people product. The product or the things that I provide them with should be very targeted toward what it is that they want to change or improve. So if you have an acne client Are you thinking, I want to get them those key acne actives first thing? Um, Or do you think about, I want to replace, you know, the pore cleanser they're using, the the clogging moisturizer? What do you think about that? Well, let's just say it's somebody who kind of is this person that says they splash water on their face or they only use soap and water. So in a case like that, at the very least, there might be two or three, let's say three things that I give them. First of all, it's going to be, let's say a glycolic cleanser. Number two, it might be duality. Number three, it might be sunscreen. At the very least, Mm -hmm. let's just say. Mm -hmm. But I always will, I will tell you that, and, and, and let me, let me, well, let me say something else. And then if I've got that person that is the product aficionado, what I would probably do is I would probably have them leave with a number of other things besides the system with a cheat sheet that tells them when they can be begin adding these things in because you can't just use everything at once but they like the idea that they have that control and they have the product with them and that they have something to look forward to so there may be things that we would add in like um luminate face which is specifically for discoloration it also has retinol but I want to wait. Number one, they want to acclimate to the system. Number two, I want them to acclimate to duality. And then number three, I can add that in. Um, so there's a, there's a number of different iterations and it depends on the situation, but here's something that people do all the time. They count the money in the other guy's pocket. Mm-hmm. 
you're there to provide a solution. If they don't want to buy the product, they're not going to buy the product. But if they want it, I can't tell you how many times I watch people talk them out of it. Well, I'm, you know, I don't really want to give you everything, all this stuff today. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to give you a little bit. and It'll be a lot less expensive. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a, a quick story. Okay, so years ago, when I founded my second skincare business, which is MD Formulations, MD Forte, which we sold into physician offices, um, I was actually, in the beginning, in the early days, I would actually call on a lot of physicians myself. So I called on this physician practice, two young guys that were in practice together, two young derms, and they were in um, a part of Northern California um, that's kind of um, south of Santa Cruz before Monterey. Uh, God, I'm trying to think of the name of the little town, but it's like a little farming community, very kind of a uh, very low income community. And so I go into their practice and they were in a very old building that was a one story building that was kind of in a semicircle around a courtyard. And they had like there was an accounting firm next to them and there was a number of other businesses. And I remember the business was. So the building was so old that each of the doors actually had screen doors. So I go into this practice. It's Wednesday afternoon. I'm the only one in there. We're sitting down near the, in the lobby. It was a hot day near the screen door and we're talking and they're going, well, you know, Jan, I, I, we really want to carry product. And we, we just, we just think that it's something that could be great for our practice, but we're concerned that our patients just cannot afford these products mm -hmm. and that it, 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 we, we, you know, we, it might be embarrassing to kind of offer them something that is mm -hmm. beyond their income. Well, mm -hmm. just then this woman walks across the courtyard and she's going into one of these other businesses and she kind of looks over at the screen door and she can see through it. She can see me sitting there and she goes, Jan Marini, is that you? And she walks over and she goes, hi, Dr. So-and-so, because she's one of their patients. And she goes, how are you? She goes, I haven't seen you for a while. And so we talked for a moment and then she left. Doctor says, so that's interesting. How did you know? She's one of our patients. How did you know her? And I said, well, you know, she was one of my consultation patients. And, and he made a comment about she's one of the people who really can't afford this product. And I said, that's interesting because she used to spend over a thousand dollars with me. <laughs> Don't count the money in the other guy's pocket. It's so true. You can't make any judgment and there's no reason to make a judgment about somebody just focus on the solution. And you could be surprised. You know, you might have somebody that goes out and spends, buys a pair of Louboutin shoes. Maybe they can't really afford it. Then you might have somebody else that feels... I would much rather spend my money on doing everything I can to get the kind of skin that I want. It's right. all about really, it's all about how you perceive it and what it is that you want. What you do is you provide them information, you provide them a solution and you work with them and you guide them and you give them the best support you can possibly give them. This episode is brought to you by Monoxa. So some of you might know, I have been on quite the journey for the past oh, two years now creating a skincare line, and I have learned a lot through this experience. It has been heartbreaking at times. It's been frustrating. I have cried. I have spent a lot of money, time, and energy that could have been spent on my business. So if I were to pass on anything to you, if you are considering making your own products, it would be that choosing the manufacturer is really everything. It can make or break the entire experience. Private labeling is so much easier and more affordable with Onoxa versus partnering with a contract manufacturer for product development, which let me tell you, it is a huge investment. Everything is done online with Onoxa and I was kicking myself because I went through their process. I chose my products to sample and I created my own skincare labels. The whole process took maybe 20 minutes once I had my design. It was incredibly easy. 
I do recommend private labeling because it's a prime opportunity to increase your business retail revenue, which for us SDs is typically half of our business, half is services and half is retail. The reason I recommend private labeling is because you can set your own profit margins. So you can still retail other brands you love, but it's a way to position your name and your branding along with well-established brands to give credibility to your business and increase your revenue because there's no middleman you get to set the prices. And I already know what you guys are wondering. Yes, they do offer back bar product sizes for their hair and spa formulas. So it's a really easy upsell to offer your client the same retail size of a back bar product you used on them during their services. Professionals choose and love Onoxa products because they're used by estheticians and dermatologists. Their formulas are USA made using high-end ingredients and all of their skincare and hair care is vegan and cruelty-free. The best part is the branding is completely customizable so you can make sure your products fit your business and reflect your aesthetic. For more information, check out onoxa.com and the information in the show notes below. Now let's get back to the treatment room. This episode is sponsored by Pomp. Pomp is a platform that helps licensed estheticians grow our businesses and make extra income without the hassle. Let me explain. Pomp is a platform that connects you to your clients digitally and allows you to make recommendations to them and allows them to shop online. Something I am huge on is meeting the consumer where they already are and at this day and age, that is online. I think more professional brands need to get savvy about meeting clients and consumers online instead of just relying on in-person purchases. Pomp allows estheticians to make commission on everything they purchase. And the best part is you don't have to hold any inventory or stock and Pomp ships the products directly to your clients. This is a big headache that I never wanted to take on myself. So Pomp has been hugely instrumental in supporting my virtual business because I don't have to deal with stock and keeping products in my living room and shipping them out myself. Shipping is always free and it's always super fast. Clients are always very impressed by how fast their products get to them and they always come with a little handwritten note so the whole experience feels very personalized. Pomp also works with a medical director so you have access to brands like Ace Clinical, Revision, and more. If you're curious about Pomp, you can check out the link in the show notes for more details. Now let's get back to the show. Yes. And I think everybody has their own um, definition of what a luxurious life or, or a, a meaningful life includes and, and where they want to put their money. For me, I spend a, a good portion of my paycheck on Botox with, with the right dermatologist. To me, that's where I want to put my money or I want to um, shop at Whole Foods. And I think skincare more and more is becoming something people look at as a necessity, not so much just fluff. And, you know, um, it's something that that really matters to, to a lot of people now. Well, you're so right. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you could say to a derm, well, you know, doctor, what should I be using on my skin? And they say Vaseline is as good as anything. And, you know, maybe years ago, that was true to some extent, but we have topical agents today that are extraordinary and you can't spend your money, huge amounts of money on things that don't really work. Mm -hmm. But when you're working with a professional and if they're working with the right products that really have good data behind them, um, you can do extraordinary things. Yes. It's, it's so easy to spend $150 at Target Whereas you could put that money towards a really excellent serum that's going to last you eight months and produce the result you wanted in the first place. That's that's so true. Okay, you've given us so much good information here, Jan. 
how can an esthetician apply this to their business? And, and what if they can't remember everything you said? Well, that's, that's the thing, you know, you hear things and sometimes you get excited, but you just can't. Because <laughs> I sometimes I hear people when they take the takeaway, it comes out. It's like the game of gossip. But, um, you know, if you can't remember all of this, that's, that's understandable. Number one, First of all, we have we actually have at Jamarine Skin Research, we actually have a consultation booklet that takes you through all of this. It's called Good, Better, Best. And it's a guideline to execute a consultation in a really organized, systematic, streamlined manner, just, just kind of like we've discussed. And it's even got before and after pics, extraordinary before and after pics, so that, you know, a picture is a thousand words. You can show somebody a picture and they go, wow, that's what I could achieve. And um, but there's a lot of ways. And we have an education team also that really works um, in assisting and from an educational standpoint. And we, there's, we have also have a video on our website called the anatomy of a consultation. That's really for business owners and for physicians to understand not only just this process, how important it is, but also the whole process of integrating a system and a systematic approach into a practice. Because think about this. If you have a really systematic approach, where it's very clear what you expect of people. There's a process in place. What it does is when somebody comes into your practice, it makes them productive very quickly. Because, you know, when you come into a practice, oftentimes it's, well, I'm just going to do things the way I've always done it. And secondly, it gives you a way in which you can evaluate individuals. What are their strengths and what are their weaknesses? Because everybody is singing off the same sheet of music. You can put in specific goals. And it it, it gives you not only a way to evaluate, but a, a way that you can determine your process and specifically what it is that you're achieving. And again, unprecedented revenue potential. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that. And off the bat, I want to ask you, do you think it's appropriate to charge for a consultation? I think it's up to the individual. Now, I never did. And I, I have to tell you, and the whole time I was doing that before I founded my, my third business, <laughs> um, I never had anybody that didn't purchase product because you can, you can do it several ways. One is that you actually have the consultation up as something that somebody can, can book and you position it that way. And secondly, if I'm a physician, and let's just say, for example, I'm a plastic surgeon. Now, plastic surgeons have to reinvent their practice every 90 days. Think about this. Because let's say somebody comes in and has a facelift. Well, they might have a couple appointments ahead of time, a couple appointments afterwards. That's it. They're gone. You, don't, you might not see them again. So there goes your stream of revenue. Mm -hmm. Difficult business. So as a plastic surgeon, all I have to say is, so Susie, before we do your surgery, I'd like you to sit down with Sarah. And Sarah is going to go through to over with you, what you need to do ahead of time with your skin and also what you need to do afterwards to really maintain this and enhance it further. That's all I have to say. Now, what do you think that patient's going to do? No, I don't want to find out how to take care of my skin. I'm going to spend $30,000 on a facelift, but I could care less what I should do with my skin. So there are a lot of ways to do this. And, and, and also, you know, some people probably do charge for consultations. Um, like I said, I didn't. Okay. And you said at the beginning of the episode, did you say a million or $2 million was yep. your profit? Yes. Talk a little bit about that and break it down for us. Okay. Now you're going to have to kind of visualize this in your head, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use a very conservative number. This number is so conservative. And the number I'm going to use is if a person comes in and spends $195. Now, keep in mind, our skincare management system, of which is our number one SKU, is $395. And let's and say somebody... That includes what, Jan? That's, that's five products. That's a cleanser, sunscreen, three products in between. And, and it's, it's, it's dramatic. And let's just say for, you know, our discussion purposes that somebody purchases Duality. Now, Duality is $95. Um, and a lot of times people want an eye cream. So what we're talking about in reality could be anywhere from around $490 to $585. But what we're going to do for 
discussion purposes is we're going to take amount, not that amount, we're going to take $195. So imagine somebody comes in, they spend $195, and they don't come back for three months. And after three months, they're going to repurchase on an average of $65 a month. Now, that's so conservative because with our system, if somebody runs out of, let's say, siesta and, or maybe cleanser, those two together are more than $65. But again, for argument's sake, they come back. So, so Monday, somebody comes in and spends $195. They don't come back for three months. And today it's, um, it's October, so they don't come back in November, December, January, right? And then the next person comes in next day and they spend 195 and they don't come back for three months, but they start spending $65 a month. And the next person comes in. So what I'm trying to get you to picture in your mind is how this sort of um, kind of replicates itself because you have people that are coming in initially and then you have this repeat business, right? Now, so let's just take this a step further. And I think this is going to be a real eye opener. Because when I ask people, how many people do you think you need to see a day to get to a million dollars a year? They'll go, I don't know, hundreds. No, listen to this. Let's just say that based on what we just said, that $195, and they don't come back for three months, but they keep repurchasing, that you only had one and a half people a week, one and a half people a week that purchase product from you. So year one, your profit would be, this is not going to be real impressive, your profit would be 15000 almost $15,795, just based on those numbers. Now, it's not impressive, but when you think about the average esthetician starting out, what do they make their first year? Around 45000 35, 45000 is what the statistics say. So now they've just basically increase their income by half. Now, year two, again, just a, one and a half people a week. Year two, your profit goes to 43290 because it keeps multiplying. And year three, your profit is at 71370 Now, think about that. For a lot of skincare providers, that's impressive because maybe – if you're on the upper end, you're making $70,000, $80,000 a year. You've just doubled your income. Now, let's take it to the next level. Let's say that just three people a week. And those of you that have staffs, that you might have seven or eight people or 16 people or multiple locations. We have a lot of multiple locations. I mean, these are, these are ridiculously low numbers. So three people a week. First year, you're, exactly, your first year, your profit would be for the first year, $31,590. Second year, $86,580. And the third year, $142,740. Again, not you know, incredibly impressive. Um, but it would be, it will be considerably more than this when you're looking at the numbers that you would really legitimately be working with, realistically be working with. It's more than $195 and $65. Now, one patient a day. One person a day. First year, your profit would be $57,915. Second year, $158,730. And third year, $261,690. Now, how do you get to a million dollars? Four people a day. Four people. First year, $231,660. Second year, your profit would be 634920 And your third year, your profit would be $1,046,760. This is after cost of product. But again, we're talking about really low numbers. And you think about this. Think about, let's say you're a physician or you're a Medispa owner. Or maybe you're just, you have a, you know, you have a small spa and you've got two or three people working for you and you want them to do six or eight services a day. And you think about what you actually net on each of those services by the time you figure the laundry and the pampering and the the product and all of those Mm -hmm. things. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if I really focused on doing consultations, and I mean, I built that business up and I had somebody that did nothing but consultations. Think about what you would be doing if you were doing consultations with six or eight people a day. You'd be doing several million dollars a year. I have statistics for those too. It's it's pretty fascinating. When I tell other estheticians my whole business is consultations and I'll do a virtual treatment you know, here and there a couple times a month, that's not as in demand as the consultations. People are very confused because it's not the traditional system, but I've been very surprised to find out you can make an entire business out of consultations. And if that's not your thing, you could just simply add it to your service menu. And that way, when you have empty blocks you want to fill throughout the day, you have your process in place and that can legitimately be a service you offer. It can be. And I'll tell you, statistically, let's just say a woman decides at some point she's going to have some type of cosmetic surgery. She will spend more money on skincare in her lifetime, considerably more than she will on that cosmetic surgery. We, we spend a lot of money on skincare. And I'll tell you another really quick story. So I had a plastic surgeon in Texas who was a very, very elite plastic surgeon. He treated a lot of socialites and there's a lot of money in Texas. And so he had very elite clientele and he had a plastic surgery consultant and they worked for him a number of years. Her name was Donna. And Donna kept bugging him to bring in products, specifically our products. She'd use it and she just, she was absolutely in love with it. And she said, you know, you should bring it in. You it would be so helpful. No, no, I don't want to bring in product. And he just, you know, he just wanted to do surgery. And she kept bugging him and finally said, okay, Donna, if you want to bring in product, then it's yours on you. You take care of it. You do it. You keep the commission. I could care less about it. You just, but it's all going to be on you. I'm not going to help you with this. So, Donna starts doing consultations for every single person that comes in there. Pretty soon, Donna is making pretty much almost the same amount of money as the doctor. Took him a while to figure this out. And he was like, he, then he was upset. He's like, wait a minute, I want in on this. And so, and the fact is, is that here he is getting up at five o'clock in the morning and he's doing surgery all day. And Donna's sitting there and he doesn't sometimes doesn't see the patient again. And she is just progressively, the income is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So I've done it. I know people that have done it. It is doable. But you remember when I said it's what you do every single day consistently on a daily basis. That's so important. And the process is important. I would not be sitting here talking to you today if I did not have this process in place that really is a vehicle. And, um, and I, 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 I always think it's so exciting when people grasp this and then they, they'll tell me later on, you know, Jan, I was able to actually buy the property that my business was on. I was able to, you know, to do so many different things that I never thought I'd be able to do financially. And I'm not in a place where I feel that fear that somehow, somehow physically, I may not be able to work the way that I've, you know, that I have worked in the past. It's so true. I, I was recently diagnosed with fibromyalgia and I only spent um, about two years physically giving treatments in the treatment room. And mind you, I was only working a couple days a week at that spa, but my body just started getting tired. And and so it was kind of perfect timing for me to figure something else out. But it's just, you know, I really think one of the main takeaways from this episode is it's really smart to think about what Jan said about the services you can provide that that don't require you to physically be giving a treatment um, every time for your income. So... Well, carpal tunnels, carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, a lot of people get carpal tunnel syndrome. That's a, that's a, that's a real deal breaker. And, um, I knew a physician, plastic surgeon who was having 
um, some some back issues and neck issues and where you are, you know, constantly sort of having that where you're kind of halfway bending over. And so it turned out that finally he had to have um, neck surgery where they go in through the front of the neck and it was where they, it, it was a, a disc problem. And so what they do is they put in a plate and actually I've had it done and it was great. And a lot of football players have had to have it done, but occasionally you can have a, a, a you know, a problem and it caused him to have a tremor in his hand afterwards. Well, literally overnight, he can't do surgery. And that's his, that's his whole career. So there, there, this is, has such tremendous potential and you're not limited because you can, I had people that worked with me from all over the U S I believe you. I believe you. So it's, it's almost like insurance, I think for your business and a way to still offer doing what you love, which is talking about skincare and educating on skincare and providing solutions. But I think it's a really smart way to bolster the business. And I try to educate about virtual consultations too, and why they're important and why I think more estheticians should embrace them at least as part of your business. And really when it comes down to it, you can be an incredible provider and have really, really beneficial services. But we all know that it's what you do every single day at home that yes. is going to have the greatest impact. I love the analogy that I, that one of the analogies I use that it always makes me, makes me laugh. But, um, you know, I go to the dentist every quarter to get my teeth cleaned. Some people go every six months. And of course I brush them. I take care of them at home. But when I get my teeth cleaned, I just cut. There's just this incredibly fresh feeling. My gums <laughs> feel so good. My teeth look so shiny. And what if I said, well, you know what? I think that I'm just going to go to the dentist every month to get them cleaned. And then I won't have to do anything at home. I just won't brush my teeth. I won't do anything. I won't floss them. I mean, yeah, that it, it either shocks you or it makes you laugh because it's what you do every single day at home. You have to brush your teeth. You have to floss. You have to do all of these things Yes. that you can't, you may not be able to do what the dentist does. But it is not the primary reason that you have healthy gums and teeth. So it's the same thing with skincare. It's what you do every single day at home. And that's why it's about providing solutions. Yes. I don't want another product. I want a solution. I agree. I think we've said for a long time as estheticians, it's it's what the client is doing at home that's going to make the biggest difference. That's really 80%. So that's where I want estheticians to kind of have a light bulb going off that goes, oh, so my treatments are important, but they're kind of the icing on the cake and they're going to take people to the next level. But what they're doing at home matters. And I should know about that process. And hopefully they're on a program that you have already customized so that what you do in the treatment room can elevate that. Absolutely. And what we want to do is we want to take away that fear and that fear of confrontation so that you really feel like you're providing a tremendous service and you're educating. And again, you're working toward a solution. I totally agree, Jan. And thank you so much for everything you've said. I feel like we covered, we covered a lot. Is there anything you think we've left out that's important for somebody to know about the consultation process? I always say that, um, there's so many things that you have to do yourself, you know, it, that you kind of feel alone about, particularly if you're running a business and that somebody can't do for you and you get up in the morning and there's just decisions that you make and risks that you take. And, and even if you don't own a business that, that, that it's dependent on you, it's what you do. And I always say that someone may not be able to do it for you, but you don't have to do it alone. And 
I love supporting our industry and thank you so much because I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you, Jan. This was just hugely valuable and important. And I love that you're here for the estheticians. And I feel like you're looking out for us from a business perspective. So I appreciate it. We really, we really need that. And we need to think about ways we can have longevity and not be stressed out if if something comes up because we've learned through this pandemic it happens life happens and and we get older and we get worn out so thank you so much for all you've shared today and i hope everybody enjoyed and took something away from this episode thank you tessa i hope i get to talk to you again soon You definitely will. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm going to put Jan's website in the show notes below so you can learn more about her products and everything she offers. And thanks so much again, Jan, for joining us.